Hello, this is Africa Science Focus, the show that keeps you up to date with the latest science and development news from across the continent. I'm Michael Kaloki. This week, nutrition and the cost of living crisis. The economic impacts of the past two years are having devastating effects on food security across sub-Saharan Africa. The 2022 Global Report on Food Crisis paints a picture of rising hunger and malnutrition, with almost 200 million people around the world in need of urgent assistance. The Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia and Nigeria are among the 10 countries with the highest number of people in crisis. Good nutrition is the bedrock of child survival and development. By stark contrast, inadequate nutrition is a leading cause of child mortality. In fact, nearly half of all deaths of children under five are attributable to undernutrition. But around the world, the cascading impacts, as we've heard, of COVID-19, of conflicts, of climate crisis, are greatly increasing hunger and acute malnutrition in children. As a result of the pandemic, 100 million more children, 100 million, are living in poverty, and two-thirds of households with children have lost income. The number of children not receiving regular meals has obviously grown. School closures have not only affected learning, they've also impacted children and families who depend on school nutrition programs. Rising food prices have made a very bad situation much worse. We now estimate by the end of 2021, 50 million children were suffering from wasting, the most life-threatening form of malnutrition. We expect this number is now higher. I was recently in Goda last week in Goda, Ethiopia, on the Horn of Africa, where the worst climate-induced emergency in 40 years is threatening the lives of 10 million children, including 1.7 million children who require urgent treatment for severe acute malnutrition. That was Catherine Russell, the head of the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF. One in every three children under five in Nigeria are stunted, And UNICEF says that malnutrition is linked to 45% of all deaths of children younger than 5. 7% of younger women in Nigeria are also acutely malnourished. Basic living costs are rising across Africa and around the world. This is putting pressure on households, many of which were already struggling to access a healthy diet. This week, our reporter... Ijeoma Ukazu met with Joanna Peters, a mother of two who runs her own business in Nigeria, to find out how the cost of living crisis is affecting her family. I'm looking at the economic situation of Nigeria and how difficult it is for families these days to achieve the, you know, the nutritious value of their children. We've had to cut some costs because due to the increase in price of things in the economy, just to ensure our children get the the nutrients they need. I remember sometimes like I used to buy fruit, like I made it a regular thing, you know, to give my children fruit. But these days now, when you go to the market, you want to buy something, the price, you know, keeps changing. So most times by the time you finish buying what you want to buy, you don't even have enough change left to, you know, buy fruit and all. So it has affected the intake of fruit for my kids. So how do you how do you manage now to 
blame this nutrient. We know we children need protein, they need carbohydrate because they are growing, they have all they need all the energy they need. How do you how do you try to blend it? Are there are there ways you're trying to blend this uh, nutrient for okay. your children? Okay, what I do mostly is I ensure at least they take one egg per day. That's this protein, at least in a way. Then maybe once in a while I can just get probably watermelon or something, but it's not like an everyday thing. Because if you check most of our food, it consists mainly of carbohydrates. So, you know, egg is a way of protein, fish and all. So I just infuse those into their food just to balance up a bit. Then probably once in a while, fruits. So what's what's your take on child malnutrition? Well, I personally, I feel an average child in Nigeria is malnourished because... Most families look of, you know, ways of sustaining themselves. Like they don't even, before they think of maybe other nutrients, let's just eat, let's just survive. That is what most families are after. So I feel most Nigerian kids, you know, are malnourished. It might not be in look now, but in the food they eat, I feel most Nigerian kids are malnourished, personally. Dr. Bamidele Omotola is a nutrition and public health advisor. He tells Ijeoma that there are a range of factors that can contribute to malnutrition. Malnutrition is about the issue of uh, behavior. Behavior underlines how people react. Your behavior determines what you, your culture determines your food. Your, your culture determines how you react to food. And the level of education, let me not use the word poverty. Uh, the access to fund. And uh, one significant thing that uh, the country is also, uh, is also looking at is uh, some of the diets, uh, traditional diets are not, are not, uh, are not, some of the traditional diets are not good. The knowledge about diets are very, very poor. So people don't know what the right food to eat. If you don't have the right knowledge to, to use, they are poor. And then some of our policies are not pragmatic enough to be able to address it. While climate change is having a major impact on agriculture in sub-Saharan Africa, Dr. Omotola says that a lot of food is lost or wasted after it is harvested. Over 50% of, of the food we produce in this country, they go bad. That is, they are destroyed between the farm and before they get to the, um, to, to the market. And then... Also, when you get to the market, I'm sure if you take a ride or visit to any of our markets, you see the heap of uh, spoiled, rotting vegetables. So there's no cold storage for some of these things. Fish, you can see. Beef, you can see the way they transport them. So there's so many, so many things. Global health and nutrition leaders say that immediate strategies are needed to turn the tide on the rising levels of food insecurity and malnutrition. Sunday Okoronko is the acting executive secretary for members of the Scaling Up Nutrition Network in Nigeria. Sunday tells Ijeoma that government policies are important to take on malnutrition, but that policies need to be followed up with real action. So we know that over the years, Nigeria has formulated beautiful um, food and nutrition policies, yet the country has one of the highest malnourished children globally. What are we not doing right, sir? 
when it comes to policy formation, we are good. But when it comes to the actual implementation of these plans, you know, that is supposed to help achieve the target set in the policies, uh, we're not doing very well. Uh, and I think that's the major, you know, one of the major problems. Now, but the second part of it is, you know, releasing this money becomes a major problem. Uh, budget performance has been poor. Uh, and of course, if there's no money, it's absolutely impossible, you know, for these policies or the plans that will help operationalize the policies, you know, to to materialize. So that that's for me is one policy implementation, you know, at the operational level is a major challenge. Uh, another thing again that is affecting it, I would say, to some extent, capacity. Now, but that also has to do with availability of resources to build capacity of the state actors, although saddled with the responsibility of effectively implementing, you know, these policies. Uh, that's also a major challenge because if there are not enough hands, enough nutritionists, you know, available to do the work they ought to do you find out that um, it becomes a challenge to achieve some of these lofty you know, goals and targets that are captured in the policies. Are there aspects of these policies that are actually working? Are there any aspects of it? Yeah, there are aspects that are working. Okay. I, I would say, for example, uh, one of the major challenges, if you look at the trend, malnutrition trend in country from, say, compare 2013 and 2015 and 2018, maybe the last NDHS, you will see that there's a reduction in wasting in Nigeria. Yeah, it's currently at about 6.5% or thereabout. Now, uh, it was over 10% in 2013. Also, uh, during the era of uh, uh, the formal uh, Senate uh, Committee, in uh, Senate Committee on Health, headed by uh, Senator Teji Osho, the former, uh, the one that was in the um, House of Assembly before, uh, you find out that for the first time, the government allocated about uh, 1.2 billion naira to procure RETF. And of this money, you know, a, a, a huge chunk of it was released, RETF was procured, and the Ministry of Health, you know, distributed some of this RETF across the country. You know, most of the state in country, wasting rate has dropped. But but I know we can do better than that. Uh, I know that if you look at, compare, you know, the costed plan, what we're supposed to be allocating on an annual basis, uh, compared to what we are currently allocating, releasing, and using for implementation of interventions, you find out that um, it's still inadequate. Here's Catherine Russell from UNICEF with her organization's recommendations for tackling the global food and nutrition crisis. UNICEF is calling for a number of key actions. First, protect access to nutritious, safe, affordable, and sustainable diets. Food markets should be designated as essential services to keep them functioning and safe for workers and consumers on a crisis. Second, secure investments to improve nutrition across the life of a child, beginning with maternal nutrition, through pregnancy, through early childhood, and the school years. That includes providing caregivers and communities with accurate information on infant feeding. We need to continue to protect breastfeeding and prevent the inappropriate marketing of infant formula. 
And as schools reopen, we need to expand school-based nutrition programs for all vulnerable children. Third, scale up systems and services for the early detection and treatment of child wasting, the most life-threatening form of malnutrition. At the same time, we should be expanding services for the prevention of malnutrition in children and women. Proven interventions like vitamin A supplementation, deworming, food supplements, and micronutrients, and nutritional support for pregnant women and breastfeeding mothers are among the most cost-effective ways to save lives and safeguard development. Fourth, expand social protection systems to help the most vulnerable families. Providing direct support like cash transfers can help families make ends meet during crises. They also help build resilience for the future. In turn, social protection programs can help families avoid negative coping strategies, such as forcing girls into marriage or putting young children to work. Fifth, protect investments in social services. The economic impact of the pandemic continues to constrain and constrict budgets. Cuts in nutrition and food security should be considered as absolute last options. We also need to mobilize additional financing, including from public and private sources. Six, to protect children from malnutrition, protect them from the impacts of climate change. Children should be at the center of climate adaptation and mitigation plans, and financing for such inclusive interventions should be available to all countries. Finally, we have to build back better. We need to do more than respond at the height of the food crisis. We need to invest in improving maternal and child nutrition before, during, and after acute crises. Every child everywhere has the right to survive and thrive. Well-nourished children are better able to grow, learn, and participate in their communities, their economies, and their societies. They are also more resilient in the face of crisis. It should not, it should not take a food crisis to mobilize our energies and resources to support these children. We need to recommit ourselves to picking up the pace to progress and work together to reach every last child. For more stories and information about malnutrition and the work that scientists and communities are doing, to make sure everyone has access to healthy food, head to the SciDevNet website at www.scidev.net. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review for Africa Science Focus wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's show was produced by Harrison Lewis with editing by Fiona Broom and Ogechi Eke Anyao. Our reporter was Ijeoma Ukazu. I'm Michael Kaloki. Until next week, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.